Hey, Pastor John Aiken here. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Faith Center podcast. We hope today's teaching will awaken and equip you to live out your God-given purpose. Enjoy. If you would, open your Bible to 1 Corinthians 14. We've been talking about spiritual gifts and trying to unpack that and understanding that we are a supernatural people. God's called us to be a supernatural people. He's created us uh, to, to walk with supernatural realities in the middle of the natural. And that, that we, we, like I said just a second ago, we're in this world, but we're not of this world. That those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ, it's not just we come to church on Sunday like some kind of religion thing. It's, it's we have relationship with Jesus Christ and he's king of our lives and he's the king in our life. And he empowers us by his grace and, and he has a finished work over our life. So we're actually starting and operating from a place of victory, not for a place of victory. Matter of fact, nudge your neighbor and say, I'm victorious in Jesus. But as we talk about these spiritual gifts, we've been talking about the gifts of the Father, the gifts of, of the Son, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we'll keep breaking this down. But I, I really felt like tackling something today that's probably going to be fun for the whole family. We'll see, we'll see what happens. So 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Uh, look at that, if you would. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. We were talking about spiritual gifts in, verse, in 1 Corinthians 12. So Paul's writing this letter and he does the love chapter in, verse, in chapter 13. And then 14, right after the love chapter, which we'll talk about here in a few minutes, uh, right after talking about, he talked about gifts and then he talked about love. So look at what he says in 14 verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual. And the, the New King James adds gifts, but it's all talking about the the operation of grace, the operation of spiritual gifts. So pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. So that word pursue is right there in your notes, and it's a, it means to aggressively seek, to chase, and to hunt after. So what I do for Chick-fil-A is what you need to do. You need to hunt after. It's like action. It's not passive. When we're talking about gifts, we're talking about the operation of love. We're talking about grace. Grace works through love, the Bible says. So a grace gift, a spiritual gift, a function of God's grace in and through your life is actually a manifestation of love. I want you to get this. That the gifting of God in you and the gifting of God through you is a manifestation or should be a manifestation of love. And if it's not, if it's a manifestation of self, you are polluting the gifting of God with your perspective. And your perspective is not going to change the world. Your obedience will, but not your perspective. Your example will, but not your perspective. Your opinion won't. Your example will. When you're walking in submission to the Lord. So I want you to see that if we're going to be, if we're going to desire to step in and walk in spiritual gifts and be, you know, cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our life, activate the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our life, we have to be a people that pursue love. Because the, the gifting of God is a manifestation of God's love. If we make it something else, if we make it a badge, if we make it, if we make it a, a toy that we just play with, kind of, we, we, if we make it about us in any kind, the gifting of God is in us, but it's not us. It's not our gifting. So it's in us, but it's not us. And it should always, it should always manifest love. So that's why we pursue love. As we desire the gifts, we should actively desire the gifts only after we actively desire love. And listen to me really carefully. It's not enough to be gifted. The world does not need to see your God-given gifts in operation without love. That's a misrepresentation of God's heart. The world needs to see the love of God through the gifting of God in your life. So we pursue love. We don't pursue gifts. 
out of insecurity. See, a person who knows the love of God is not insecure. Because the two or three people in here who don't love me, Okay, I don't know what y'all said, but in Jesus' name, I rebuke it. So, when you know the love of God for your life, you're not, you're not here trying to please people. Because who you are, who you are, is not up for a vote. Who you are is not up for a vote. You don't find who you are by talking to other people anyways. You find out who you are by talking to your creator, who he created you to be. So pursue love, aggressively seek, chase, and hunt after. Like you're going to go, you're going to go uh, possess this thing. You're going to go, you're going to hunt after it with a passion to possess. As one who like takes hold of. And then the word love there, which is, is in, the, in the agape Greek word love, it's, 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 when you look at this thing, the noun or the verb, it's all agape. It means to actively do what the Lord prefers. Actively do what the Lord prefers. Take pleasure in Him. That's the first thing. You take pleasure in Him. Second thing is you obey His will. And the third thing is you choose what pleases Him. If, you are, if you're a child of God and you're pleasing yourself, you're an immature child of God. Does God love you? Yes. Can God use you? Not so much. He, you can do things for God, but it'll be polluted with a faulty manifestation and not that pure love that's, that's, you know, uh, that has a, a purity to it. And so we want to pursue this love to actively do what the Lord prefers. So in any situation, in any situation, what needs to happen is, hey, what do I, it's not what do I want. It's Lord, what do you want? What would you do in this situation? What would you believe in this situation? What, what is the thing that pleases the Lord? Every temptation is an opportunity to please God. Every temptation is an opportunity to remind the devil that he lost and you won through Jesus. And so uh, as we pursue love and pursue this heart, I want, I want to take us to this next thing. You see the scripture on your notes, James 3, 15. I could teach a lot on this, but let me just read this verse and tell you what I want to talk about. This wisdom, this wisdom, and right above that word wisdom, like a plus sign and the word love. This wisdom plus love does not descend from above. That means from heaven, but is earthly, which means secular, sensual, uh, which means yourself, like self-reason, pleasing yourself, or demonic, that means satanic. And so we're talking about, this verse is talking about wisdom, but you could put in any reality of the king. You could put in love, you could put in grace, you could put forgiveness. So we're, I'm going to insert the word love. So this wisdom, this love, this love is, is you know, I want you to see this, that the manifestation of love can be heavenly, which means from above, like Jesus, like the love of God, it can be heavenly, but this verse tells us that it could also be earthly, worldly, or secular. And that's talking about the mind. That's a filter of the mind. That's a, a paradigm. That's a, that's a worldview. That you could have a worldview of love. So there's a love of God that comes down from, from above because your Bible says that God is love. So there's a love of God, and then there's a whole nother level, uh, a lower level, a distorted level, not totally evil all the time, sometimes evil, uh, but not always totally evil. And it can have people can have right intentions and they can be sincere. But you know what they say about sincere people? Sincere people can be sincerely wrong. And even if their intentions are good, it doesn't mean they're accurate. doesn't mean they're right. And so being sincere is not good enough. Having a good intention is not good enough. So we got to de determine if we're going to pursue love, are we pursuing the love of the world? The earthly love at this level? That's not what the Bible's teaching us to do. The Bible's teaching us if we're going to walk in the gifting of God that is from above, God's anointing, God's grace, God's gifting in me and through me, then what I need is the love of God in me and through me to partner with the gifting of God. So if I take the gifting of God and try to operate it with the love of the world. Now we should love the world, but not the love of the world. We can't take on the mindset of the world, the philosophy of this world. 
We don't need common sense, we need Christ's sense. And so our mind must be renewed as we think of things above, because if not, we can take the love of God, or we can take the concept of love and not have the heavenly, kingly, earthly love that God has ordained from His throne. That is an eternal love that does not change. He's the same yes, his love, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what does that mean? His love is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means there's nothing you can do to make God love you more. There's nothing you can do to make God love you less. God is not looking over the balcony of heaven at your life and saying, I don't know if I love that person anymore. He's committed to love you. The question is, are we committed to love him? And so the reality is we take this love of God and you can take love and you can bring it down to an earthly level, a worldly level, which is not always satanic or demonic or evil, but you're headed that direction. Because now it's what makes sense. It what makes sense to me, the mindset of this world. The mindset that's operating in this world. And again, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So some people take love, and in the world we live in today, and it's not just today, it's, it's pronounced today, and it's, it's prominent today because of social media, but it's always, been a, it's always been this way in the world. That's why this verse is written. That people take love, and they redefine it. They redefine the love of God, misrepresent the love of God, and they redefine love on a worldly level. And when you do that long term, you open yourself up then to a personal level, self-reason. It's not just secular or society definition of love, but now we take it personal. See, a secular or society love uh, is, is a mindset. It's a philosophy that, that dominates certain cultures or traditions. But then you move that down to a personal thing, and now you have a, a personalized self-reason or self, uh, a self-determining love. What, what I think is love. Not, not what society thinks or not what Christ thinks, but what I think is love. See, the society or the secular uh, uh, world view is, is, is a wrong definition of love. It's not, they, don't, they don't choose to operate with the love of God or see that God is love. So they create their own definition. And then even individuals within that society create another definition of what I think is love. Usually it's based on the senses. That's why it's called sensual. It's what makes me happy. You only live once. YOLO, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because you don't only live once. The Bible says there's a second death. And so the enemy loves appealing to your senses for fun and for pleasure and for whatever to, to, to forward his agenda of an ungodly love that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. This ungodly love through the senses promises you so much but does nothing but steal from you. And you go from relationship to relationship, from situation to situation, from new idea and new thing, and this time you feel like you're going to be loved. This time you feel like love is going to work. This time you think it's going to happen. And the whole time what was available to you was the eternal love of God, that in this temporary world, while everything's changing, you could have a never-changing love at the core of your ever-changing life. But instead, what ends up happening is we have an ever-changing love. And you get with this people until they don't like you no more. Then you got to jump over to this people. you got to change your music, change your clothing, change your identity, and all that kind of stuff to be accepted until you're rejected. And then once you're rejected, you got to find something else to be accepted in. And the whole time, Jesus was rejected for you so you could be accepted in Him with an eternal acceptance. And this eternal love. And so what happens with the, de- the devolution of love is it ends up going from you know, the love of God to a philosophy of this world. And the world tries to redefine what love is to a believer. And society becomes your authority instead of Scripture. And you are polluting the love of God Because your new authority is society and secularism instead of Scripture and the sovereign God. And then you move it down here. Do what what works for you. You do you. You be you. Do what works for you. That sounds harmless. It's extremely dangerous. 
Follow, follow your heart. That's just dumb. Your heart is desperately wicked without Christ. Follow your heart. Do what pleases you. You only live once. It sounds freeing. It sounds liberating. But the truth is, the truth is, it's opening the door to demonic and the prison of foolishness, not freedom. It promises you freedom, but offers you foolishness. Though you get trapped into this thing. And instead of walking in this relationship with the Lord where He fills your heart, where He tells you who you are, where His, His song is over you and you know who you are, not just in this life, but in the life to come. And so you have this eternal victory and relationship that you're walking in. And, and even though you have present struggles, you know you have eternal victory. I don't know how you bear some of the things in this world without a relationship with Jesus. And so you have this, this falling and this failing and it all ultimately comes not just to self-reason where if I feel it, I do it and, and it's so subjective that then you open the door to the enemy and the enemy comes in with, a, with an oppression and with a blindness. With a blindness. And now what happens is you call good, like Jeff was, was teaching last week. Now he did such a good job teaching last week and talked about the verse from Isaiah about calling good evil and evil good and stuff. And that's what happens. You get blinded. You have this blindness. So, so in the secular side of it, when, when, the, when the society is your authority, whether it's in media or government or whatever, and that's your authority, the, the society is your authority, then, you, then you're, 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 you're headed to a ditch. You're, you're failing. You're falling. Or self, self is authority. I'm, I'm, I'm the king of this house. I'm the king of this house. No, no, Jesus is the king of this house. When you begin to say, no, I'm going to do what I want to do, and you can't, you ain't the boss of me. <laughs> can't be talking to you. Ever know somebody like that? Uh, and if you're like, no, I really don't, it might be you. <laughs> I'm going to do what I want. I'm a grown man. Can't tell me what to do. I'm a, that's so immature. So, oh my goodness. So it makes me want to slap the devil out of them. You see maturity best in the middle of responsibility. And, and so, so this whole thing, I just want you to see this. I'm taking too long on it. Um, but I want, you to, I want you to see this. I want you to get it. That it goes from earthly to sensual. And see, if self is your authority, you're missing God. And see, then you open up yourself to the demonic authority in this world. And the most oppressed people in this room do not think they're oppressed. They think they're empowered. But you're blind. You're blind. And so what I want to talk to you about is this. All love is not love. All love is not love. And I'm going to say this other thing just in case I, I, I don't get to it. Is As Christians, as disciples of Christ, we are called to lead with the love of God but we're called to land the plane on truth. Never compromise truth. It's not an either or thing. We must lead with love. But what I felt like expressing to you, and this is, this is from the Lord. I'm not coming up with stuff. I was going to teach on the gifts of the Holy Spirit and just, woo, do something. But what I'm telling you is the Lord wants a purity operating through the gifts. That's why we pursue love. And all things that are, all love is not love. There's demonic love. There's self, self-centered love. There's worldly love. And none of those are the love of God. And we cannot let this world define love for you and I as believers in Jesus' name. We cannot let them redefine it in our mind. Teenagers, you cannot let secular society redefine love. It's the love of God. We cannot let that happen. And the best way to not let that happen is let His love be incarnated in our life. And so we got to lead with love. And that's hard. That's hard for me. I was at the zoo yesterday in St. Louis. I'm telling you, and all the animals were asleep except the polar bear. 
but there's a whole nother zoo in the zoo. You ever seen the people at the zoo? There's a whole nother zoo in the zoo. I'm looking at somebody saying, like, what is that? And I'm going to be honest, I, I, was, I get very judgmental, not because somebody has a different color skin than me or, 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 or they themselves as a person looks different from me. I actually think that's beautiful. I think, different, I think God in his beauty made the different races, and I think race is beautiful. I think it's, I think it's beautiful. So I'm not talking about race. I'm talking about what they put on themselves. I'm just like... And then you see what people's hair do. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get it done today. This is, it's a zoo within a zoo. And they don't even put signs on those animals. Like they should put some signs on some of them people. Because I'm looking, I'm watching how they treat their kids. I'm watching some parents walk by and they're, the little kids like this tall. And the parents are like, like would you stop it? You just need it. And I'm like, golly. And then others, they don't even know where their kids are. I'm looking at the, <laughs> it's a zoo. And I found myself like, what? Like, I don't want to go to the zoo no more. I don't, I don't, I don't feel safe. And I think that's maybe why those, all the animals were sleeping. They're tired of seeing the same morons all the time. It's like, no, this ain't worth it. I'm going back to the cave. <laughs> Except for the polar bear. I don't know. Because he's sponsored by Coke. So, anyways. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All love is not love. But we need to lead with love but land on truth. It's never just truth, and it's never just love. Okay? And so, see these scriptures I have on your notes, Deuteronomy 5, all the way across, Matthew 5, Galatians 5, 1 Corinthians, everything I'm about to do is all in those verses. Go read those verses, because in, in the Ten Commandments, the whole thing, the Ten Commandments are not about rules, the Ten Commandments is about relationship, because in Deuteronomy 6, the Shema prayer, which many of you heard me teach on. It's, it's so hard for me not to go and teach on that. But in Deuteronomy 6, you know, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. So at the foundation, he's saying, I want to be in relationship with you. I'm not giving you rules. I'm telling you what loving me looks like. I'm telling you what loving people looks like. Love your neighbor as yourself because I am God. So it's not love your neighbor as yourself with earthly love. It's not love your neighbor as yourself with, uh, with the self-driven love. And it's not love your neighbor as yourself with demonic love. It's love your neighbor with the same love of God that God loves you with. And if you don't have the capacity because of a faulty mindset to open up and recognize the eternal love that does not change, where you can receive and partake of that love and know that God loves you and He's correcting you, He's rebuking you, He's increasing you, He's confronting you in your sin because He does love you and, and He corrects you. Any father who loves his son, uh, the Bible says in Hebrews that that's why He corrects us because He loves us. And so we're correctable before him to make sure we don't slip into an earthly, secular philosophy in any area of our life or slip down into... Uh, see, see, we're, we're real judgmental about somebody else slipping and tripping. Look at them, look at them. But what we need to do is look back at us. Jesus said, he, he himself said, I didn't come to judge the world, but there is a day of judgment. So you got to take care of yourself. you got to look at yourself to see, am I walking in, the, in this love of God? And, and meaning loving God with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then Jesus, he adds to it in Matthew, um, in Matthew uh, uh, 5 where he talks about, you've heard it said of old, do not commit adultery. Because one of the Ten Commandments is do not commit adultery. It's one of, the, one of the laws of God's love. Adultery is not love. But the man in adultery, the woman in adultery will tell you, oh, I love her. I love him. It's not love. All love is not love. Adultery is a lie. It's a lie. It's not love. 
It's not love. And so Jesus said, you've heard a set of old, do not uh, you know, commit adultery, but I say to you, whoever looks upon uh, another woman, and he's inferring another person, to lust after them, you've already committed adultery. So now it's not just the act of adultery, now it's the heart, now it's the want to, now it's the lust. So all love is not love because mostly lust is sometimes called love. So is it love or is it lust? you got to really look at this to, to determine, you know, what are you really walking in? Adultery is, is very clear. So, uh, And I even took from Galatians chapter 5, the, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. It talks about walking in the flesh, the working of the flesh, or the working of the Spirit. That means there's only two options. You're either operating out of the Spirit of God and the heavenly reality of Him, like love, or you're operating out of the flesh, something that is worldly, secular, something that is self-driven by you that you think, or it feels right or whatever, or you're walking in something demonic. Those are the options. And so what I want to tell you is love is not, love is not, and what this equals to me is flesh is at work. The flesh is at work. So I want to talk about what love is not because what love is not, it, love is not the working of the flesh. So when you see the flesh at work, it's not the love of God. And we need to, before we know what love is, we've got to know what love is not. And so I, I've smashed all those verses together and put three simple things that, that the Bible talks about. Jesus referred to it when he talked about adultery, but you see it right there in Galatians 5, 19, where it talks about the working of the flesh, and I just picked the first three. I know none of you struggle with any of these, but maybe somebody you know does. So the first three, look at this, sexual morality. Any kind of sexual activity outside of marriage between a man and a woman, and this is what this means, adultery, like I just talked about, fornication, which is sex before marriage, uh, incest, homosexuality, same-sex attraction, homosexuality, and self-sex. And if you don't know self-sex, ask, ask somebody when you get home. Because <laughs> I ain't going to talk about that much. But all of those are the same sin. So in our society, we take like something about incest. Oh my gosh, how could... Uh, uh, or some of you are like, homosexuality, how... how uh, uh, but yet you're struggling with self-sex. Or here's one that's going to be fun for everybody. You're getting married, but you're, having, but you're not married yet, but you're okay to have sex. Uh, did you want to say something? In our society, in our Christian subculture, we blast some things and we're so open to others. And what I'm saying, it's all sexual morality. And you may not struggle with same-sex attraction, but you got another struggle, brother. And God didn't call you to judge them. He called you to take responsibility with God's love in your life. And so any sexual, people say, well, it's just love. What's wrong with, with one man and one man loving each other? What's wrong with, with, you know, a person going to a website and pornography and just what they want to call that love? What's wrong? It's not hurting anybody. They're both adults. They're hurting themselves because they're not walking in the, in the love or the, the laws of love that God has defined of what His love looks like. God is not some judge who's trying to make our life unhappy and put us through this series of, of tests for no reason reason he's the one that is releasing his love in our life and so what he's saying is adultery is not my love incest is not my love fornication is not my love same-sex attraction is not my love but yet society says this i don't care what society says what does the word of god say yeah, but wait a minute. What about me? What about me? I, I'm an adult. I can do whatever I want. You can. It's a free country. And I think we need to be careful about trying to legislate righteousness thinking we've done something. Because you could create a law that makes something illegal but not change the heart of men. Prohibition. That worked out great. I'm not saying we shouldn't have laws. I'm not saying we shouldn't because the laws are to protect people. That's why, that's why I am against um, anything that... I. Ugh. 
I think we should be actively creating and establishing laws that are based in the love of God without lording over people because you cannot have some Christian state and force people to walk in love with God. So I think we do need anointed men and women to go into politics to represent the Lord there with a gift and an anointing. But most of y'all probably need to stay out of it because you're not making it any better. You should call your, your senators and house representatives. You should, you should go through the proper chains of command, but you think you're making a change by putting something on Facebook? All you're doing is starting stuff. Call the people who matter. Make your voice be heard to the people who matter. And when it comes to society, go be a disciple-making Christian. Go lead with love to the people who are different from you. Go to the zoo that you go to all the time. And the people that are, that are just whatever, you go to them and you lead with love. Because you know what? You were caught in sin yourself once too. And God loved you. Don't let their sin scare you. You need to go lead with love. But hear me, hear me. You got to land that plane in truth. You got to land that plane in truth. Some of you need an injection of love because you're not very pleasant to be around as you stand for truth. And some of you need an injection of truth because you're slipping from the love of God to a secular love. You see, uncleanliness. Well, first of all, I love that last sentence. It's not love, it's lust. And then you have uncleanliness, which is impurity, unholy actions, physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually. It's not fun, it's filthy. And a lot of us in the church house are entertained by things that is kind of like fun, ah, ha, ha, leah, but it's filthy. And I get convicted. I'll be like, ha. Here's what Sarah does to ruin all my fun. <laughs> this is literally what she says. What would Brother Yurton say? <laughs> I won't be like, ain't no, we ain't in Mexico. Ain't nobody talking to Brother Yurton right now. What I want to say, and Brother Yurton, if you're watching, I'm just saying this analogy for teaching exercises. But it's such a convicting thing. Like, yeah, why does this entertain me? Why does this adultery, sexual morality, uncleanliness, why does this entertain me? And then just the last one on the front page, lewdness. Most people don't know what that word means, but it's aggressively unholy or obscene conduct with, which is shocking and indecent. It's not desirable, it's disgusting. And a lot of times that word is used for party. That word lewdness means party. So what it means is, it's like, guys, here's what I would say. It's not a party, it's a problem. Let's just go party. Let's just go have some fun. Again, you're seeking pleasure. You're seeking a party. But you don't even realize that some of those parties, some of y'all ended up in prison because of a party. And on the flip side of the page, and, and you see the other things that love is not. Now, this is from 1 Corinthians 13. And it says love is not envious. So it's not, it's not jealous. It's not hateful. It's not envy. Love is not, does not parade itself. Um, so I'm just going to say something very bold here and y'all can decide what you want. But as a pastor, I feel like and, I, and y'all pray for me because it's hard to know what to say and how to lead because I never want to just share opinion. I want it, but I want to lead with truth. And so this came to me when I was studying and praying over this. It says love does not parade itself, which means does not seek to get or gain attention. And all month long, there's people who've been parading themselves. And I'm telling you, I love those people. And some of you maybe have been down there to love the people, and I honor that. Because I think the kingdom mindset should be we love the sinner, but we hate the... Does God hate divorced people? No. Does God hate divorce? And all divorced people hate divorce too. 
We love the person who's caught in the sin. Well, why can't they get out of it? Why couldn't you? Like you saved yourself? Like you're some walking example of how you came into the kingdom without, without God's mercy, without God's love, without God sending people after people, your mama praying for you for all these years, and you think it's just easy coming to the kingdom? Why don't you stop? Why don't you stop? Why don't you just stop doing that sin? You couldn't. And to some of you say, no, I did. I did. All you did was replace it with another sin. But this whole parading of love, it's not love. It's not love. And in the love of God, my heart breaks for the people who think it is. Because the enemy is stealing, killing, and destroying. And my prayer is, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And we need not not to go judge them. We need to lead with love and show them how much Jesus loves them and lead them to truth. For their sake, not mine. It's not puffed up. It doesn't behave rudely. It's not dishonorable, disgraceful, disrespectful. disrespectful. It doesn't seek its own. It's not self-serving or self-justifying. Love is not provoked. It does not easily or often get upset, defensive, frustrated, offended, or angered. So all of these things is not love. It's not love. Some people in the world will call it love. It's not love. And as the church of God wanting to grow and walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we need to know that's not love. That's not love. And we need to step up and love with the love of God. And so the next part is love is, which means the Spirit of God at work. The Spirit of God at work. And all these is the Spirit of God at work from those scriptures that were all smashed together in in your list there. It's love is patient. So, So how do we know if the flesh is at work or the Spirit's at work? See, when the Spirit is at work, love is at work. Love is at work. And the love of God comes with being patient, being kind, being helpful to others. Love, watch this, love is, means it thinks no evil. So love does not think evil. Love does not keep account or charge or count up the sins of other people. And especially, here's what church people do, we label people. We label and put judgment over them. We make decisions over them. And what that does is it builds walls and blinds us from loving them. How is a sinner who doesn't know Jesus supposed to change their life without Jesus? You couldn't. But it's almost like we go to them and say, well, if they change, then we'd accept them in the house. Now, when they come into the house, we do have an expectation of maturity, walking in a process in the love of God, but it doesn't happen in week one. They got to meet Jesus. They got to walk with Jesus. And we show them what the love of God is. And we walk with them through a process as we land the plane on truth. And some of you think just throwing some truth at them is going to change it. And it's not. You lead with love, land with truth. And that means you have to be patient. It means you have to be kind. But love thinks no evil. Love's, love does not rejoice in iniquity. That word iniquity means unrighteousness. So love does not celebrate, salute, or delight in unrighteousness, untruthfulness, or injustice. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never fails. Galatians 6, 1 and 2 is a great story. Worship team, you can go and come on up. Uh, it's a great event. Um, Galatians 6, 1 and 2. Uh, pull that up, guys. Uh, Galatians 6. I don't know if I put that in there or not, but, but pull that up. So, brethren, if a man is overtaken. Now, that word overtaken right there in the scripture, that word is the word caught. And it doesn't mean like, aha, I caught you. It means you are trapped. You are trapped. So this whole thing, Sarah, look at the clock. Ridiculous. You don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry, it's an inside thing. So the, so the woman was, 
the woman, they brought this woman to Jesus who was caught in the act of adultery. It's trapped. It's being caught. And so watch this. And I'll go back to the woman. Brethren, if a man, which means a person, is overtaken or caught in any trespass, that's unrighteousness and sin, you who are spiritual, meaning you who are walking in the God kind of love, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you are also tempted. Tempted to what? Tempted to judge. Tempted to look down on. It could be tempted to fall into that same sin that the person's in, but it's also tempted in other ways. And then it goes on to well, the next verse, verse 2, and it says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is love. The law of Christ is love. And so we need to walk with people, come alongside people, lead with love, build relationships and walk with them. Sometimes they won't walk very far with you and they'll go back to their sinful life. There's people we've tried to love who have fallen and fallen miserably in this church. And Sarah and I and elders and numerous people, life group leaders, have tried to love them. And the people don't want to be led. The people don't, they don't want to walk with God's love. They want to please themselves. And so you know what? They probably won't stick around that long. But your position for them is still love. It's still love. The woman caught in the act of adultery, brought to Jesus. What did he do? By the way, some of y'all post on Facebook, it looks like Jesus would have drop kicked her. Because you're burning with a passion for truth, but you're not walking in love. The loving thing to do is not make the post and build a relation, only speak to those you have leverage in relationship with. You don't have to fight every battle you're invited to. And Jesus didn't go after the woman. I love this. Jesus didn't go seek after the woman. The woman was brought to him. And the people who were really the judgy ones, the Pharisees, brought her to him. My question is, where's is, where is homie? And so what ended up happening was, she, Jesus said, I do not condemn you. Watch what he did. I do not condemn you. But go and sin no more. Why are they bringing in the kids right now when I'm talking about this? <laughs> go and sin no more. Why? Because continuing to sin, you think a lack of condemnation, I'm not being judged right now, a lack, you're not, you're not condemning me. See, a worldly, a worldly secular mindset, a selfish mindset says, if you're not going to condemn me, I can continue in my sin. Because that's a worldly love. Some of you would not repent except for the fear of the Lord. And that's better than not repenting at all. But the greatest repentance is one motivated by love. Where God, I'm going to love you with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. I'm going to love you more than this adultery temptation. I'm going to love you more than this incest. I'm going to love you more than this desire of same-sex attraction. God, I'm going to love you more. than this self kind of love. I'm going to love you. I'm not going to waste my time loving this or loving that and, and going that and that. God, I'm going to love you. And Lord, I thank you that you don't condemn me when I fail you. You don't condemn me, God. You correct me because you love me, but you don't condemn me. But yet he tells you, the living Lord tells you, I do not condemn you, but go and sin no more. Because he knows the power he's given you. He knows the power of His love. Condemnation and judgment, punishment has a power. Consequences have power. And they can correct you. But the greatest power to correct you is the power of His love. this is the Holy Spirit it might be lingering tacos I don't know but I just got interrupted with something 
flip your sheet back over. Sexual morality. You see at the, the, the second to last sentence, adultery, fornication again, which is sex before marriage, incest, homosexuality, and self-sex. I just had the strong impression that in the love of God, right now, right now, you are the woman. You are the man caught in that. I don't know who I'm talking to, but you're the man caught in that. And the Spirit of God is here to restore you. Because He loves you. And what you need is a revelation of His love that would overflow in you and you would love Him, not with that fleshly self-pleasing, sinful lust but you would begin to love God and worship Him. Like the woman who poured the oil on Jesus' feet she used to be in lust but then she's walking in love. The woman at the well who was so confused in lust and sin but then she had an encounter with the loving, living Lord and she went and evangelized to a whole city. Love will change you. so what I want to do is this. And this is going to be bold, but we're a church family. And some of you would look outside and say, wouldn't you love to watch on the news station where the group that you didn't like the most had a major repentance and they repented right there in the middle of whatever event and they repented and glorified God in brokenness and, and asking God, wouldn't man, you'd sit there and watch your, your favorite news outlet and you'd see that and you would rejoice. Oh, wow, they finally repented. Matter of fact, some of y'all would probably say, I don't know if it's real. But if you were like, man, they finally repented. Wouldn't that be awesome if they did that? What about you? What about you? So if you're here and you say, you know what? I struggle. I struggle. I wrestle with any one of those. I want you to come. I want you to come. And I want you to come meet me right here. Come meet me right here. Just stand right here. And women, don't even play like you don't struggle with it. Any one of those things, I want you to just come and meet right here. Church family, this is where pride gets shattered. See, if I did this in Mexico, if I did this in Mexico, their honesty, because I don't care about what other people think, the altar would be filled. I do it here, and your pride keeps you from going to the next level in Jesus. So I'm going to sit here for a minute. Whatever it is. Because some of you are wrestling. That pride is wrestling. And you're thinking, you're justifying it. You're justifying it. You're justifying it. Because you can find some friends to agree with you. Where you can find agreement in just about anything on this planet. What you need to look for is agreement with God. And I believe the Holy Spirit is going to begin to break something in you and, and over you. to come if it's you. Come stand. Now, if you have experienced the Holy Spirit bringing you victory over any of these areas, men with men, women with women, come stand behind me. And everybody who's up here, won't you look at me? Your decision, your decision is to walk in the love of God. That's your decision. To say, God, I'm going to love you with all my heart. Every time you feel that flesh or you feel that thing pulling on you, you feel that thing coming on you, it's a lie. Not everything in you is you. It's a lie. It's a lie. 
And you need to treat it like a lie. You need to treat it like a thief. It's not giving you anything. It's robbing from you. And so the refocus is for you to refocus on the love of God. That you don't need to keep throwing yourself into that same old situation looking for love in all the wrong places. So I want you to open your hands before the Lord. And in your own way, just tell Him how much you love Him with all your heart, with all your soul. Now just tell Him. Tell Him, I come out of agreement with whatever it is. Just whisper it, whatever it is. I come out of agreement with pornography. I come out of agreement with distorted sexual whatever. I come out of agreement. I come out of agreement. I don't want that anymore. I don't need that anymore. Holy Spirit, show them how filthy it is. Holy Spirit, show them how disgusting it is. Holy Spirit, show them how deceiving it is. Tell the Holy Spirit in yourself, I come out of agreement with that sexual sin. I choose the love of God. I choose the love of God. Now, as we go into worship, we're going to pray over you. And I want you to just receive the love of God. I want you just to receive. I'm going to come through the people praying behind you. I'll come through and pray over you. I want you to just receive, be filled with the love of God, full and overflowing with the love of God. And just let the Lord minister to you. Church family, let's worship the Lord. Thanks again for listening to the Faith Center podcast. To connect with us, go to faithcenter.tv and fill out our connection card. We pray blessings over you and your family. We'll see you next time.